Hello, I'm Lisette Sutherland, and I am the big cheese at Collaboration Superpowers, and you're listening to the Agile Uprising podcast. Greetings and welcome to another edition of the Agile Uprising podcast. I'm your host, Jay Hersko. Join with me. I have my good friends, Mike Cadell. Howdy, y'all. And Claudia Orozco Gomez. Hello. Hello. Thank you both for joining. And the topic of this episode is we are going to do another in our Should I Take This series. And the course we are going to be talking about today is a course that all three of us attended at the same time, which should lead to some interesting discussion. Uh, we attended one of the agenda shift workshops titled Strategic Mappings with Outcomes. So for those devoted listeners, you may remember that uh, Mike Cadell and I took uh, one of these courses earlier in the year. I think it was Leading with Outcomes. So this is one of the next steps in the agenda shift process which is all around strategic mapping. So before we go into the course itself, I'm going to start with the random question and I'm going to start with you, Claudia. Um, how familiar were you with this course, with this material before actually signing up and diving in? I had read um, one of Mike's books. So from right to left, I was not at all familiar with the course material, but um, through the discord discussions, I thought, okay, why not? Perfect. Seemed it had your go. <laughs> you vouched for it. So, and I think you and Mike had taken another class together. So I said, let's do this. Perfect. Perfect. And Mike. I, I'm, I'm familiar with uh, Mr. Burroughs and the, you know, his work, um, having taken the aforementioned class, the concepts of, uh, of the mapping. I was a little bit familiar with uh, object relationship mapping. I'd heard a lot of talk about Wardley mapping. It was this kind of, you know, big thing out there, but I had never spent any time getting to know Wardley mapping. Um, and we, we had some interesting uh, comments on that later, <clears throat> but uh, that was about, about it. Um, so it was, As it for myself, good, good news stuff. I had no idea, right? I had, I went into this totally blind. I, I purposely avoided buying uh, Mike's book because I knew the new version of Agenda Shift was coming out. So I wasn't going to buy the old one just to have to update to the new one. And again, it was one of those, I knew Claudia was taking it. I knew Mike was taking it. And again, we've talked about these workshops. They're, they're really immersive in short time frames. So I figured, eh, hey, for a couple hours, it might be worth a shot. Um, and I had no, I have interviewed Ben Moiser. I've talked about Wardley Mapping, but I still wasn't familiar with it. Um, and and Mr. Uh, Mr. Burroughs did actually drop some hints in the last class that he was going to be leading into that sort of stuff in this course. So we I kind of just figured, let's, let's take a stab. Let's have a go. So we took, this co we took this course virtually. And just to recap, uh, the way Mr. Burroughs structures these, it's either one or two days. It's somewhere between two and three hours, depending upon the course. Um, I believe ours was, was it two, two and a half? I think it was two hours. And we said it actually needs some more time. Yeah. Yeah, it was a it was a whole lot to get through. So I'm going to start. Uh, I'm going to start with this course. Uh, start with you, Mike, with the question of so in the aggregate, what did you think of the course itself? I thought the course was um, was was enlightening in a couple ways, and it gave me some um, other things to add to my my tool belt, as as I kind of like to do. And what was <clears throat> enlightening to me was how um, you can take the 
concept of yeah, a, a, a concept that's vague and hazy, if you will, and then through the uh, through the mapping and that kind of the structured process that's introduced through the the course material, that vague hazy concept can become much more clear and well understood and. Um, you know, using similar kind of things in, say, you know, decomposing a big idea into you know, a, a feature backlog. Um, you know, I, I, there's a lot of applicability. What did you think, Claudia? I liked the way that it just made sense. Everything just seemed so logical. So it took these big ideas, and I don't know at what point we're going to talk about the actual exercises that we did, but it took these ideas that for me seem really complex, Kinevin, Wardley mapping, and it just had us go through uh, the steps in a very logical way in an exercise that we could be doing with an organization. So it made sense to me. It kind of made me think, okay, I can understand this. Yeah. <laughs> Claudia, you remind me the, uh, what, the way Mr. Burroughs introduced um, uh, Kinefin and the the, the the four quadrants. I, I, that was another takeaway that I, I'd kind of forgotten about because that is a very simple way to explain the whole concept of Kinevin to people. You know, sometimes when you try to explain Kinevin to people, you just see the deer in the headlights look. <laughs> but yeah, and, and how you would actually apply it and what sort of situation is it applicable? Yeah. That's the other thing I take away from all of Mr. Burroughs' courses is it's almost all praxis. It's all applicable. Oh. Here's, here's the theory, but here's how you use it. And he kind of backs into the theory by starting with the, the exercise, which we'll, we'll start with talking about that now. Um, but I, that's what mo has most impressed me with all the agenda shift courses, the two that I've taken, is Mike actually starts with here's the physicality of it. Here's how you do it. And as, he's, as, as you're working yourself through the exercise, he's adding the color commentary of, okay, so here's the theory behind this and here's why you want to do this. And uh, like to your point, Claudia, at the end of this course, you literally walk away with things you can use coming out of this two-hour session. I can swivel to my laptop, my work laptop, and start using this stuff, which is really kind of wild. And full, mar full marks to Mr. Burroughs for not using a single PowerPoint slide in the class. And it was still immersive. Right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he deserves a special award for that one. So um, let's talk briefly about the exercises themselves, because this is the part I thought was really, really cool. So we start with what uh, Mr. Burroughs titles option approach mapping, right, which is Kinevin by another name. But he doesn't, he purposely has said, you know, I don't introduce Kinevin. I want you to think about the theory behind it, do the exercise. And then from there, he introduces that whole complex, complicated, clear, and chaos. And this to me was the one that resonated the most because, I mean, to give a little bit of, for the listeners, to give a little bit of background on the actual exercise, there's four quadrants set up on a piece of paper. And you start with all your options and all your ideas and you map to, um, is there an approach that everyone can agree on? Is there no known approach that's immediately apparent? Is there not one right approach or is there an approach that an expert or someone who's done research has determined, right? And when you start putting your ideas into these quadrants and, and it really makes you think about, well, is my idea cockamamie or is it not? And is this something that, you know, Claudia is a, my business sponsor is gonna ask me to do. When we go through this, she's gonna understand, well, there is no one right approach or wrong approach. There's a multitude. 
right? That for me was the most powerful because as you're going through the exercise, the people who are doing it with you can start to see, well, maybe my idea really isn't too well-defined because it's too vague. What did you think, Claudia? Yeah, I, I liked the whole debate that it sparked around. So just for context, we had a set of post-its on a mural board with different concepts, different ideas. Um, so I'm looking at it right in front of me now. Um, one of them was customer referrals. Where would you put that? Is that something that we can agree on? Is that something there's, coming back to what you're saying, what you're explaining, no known approach, et cetera. So all of these post-its that we were classifying and with the group having that debate, going through the actual exercise, it, it's just, you know, we, we all have similar roles, similar experience. And I like the way that we could actually go through that exercise, go through the discussion. What would it be like in real life? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mike, thoughts? Yeah, it's kind of <laughs> agree with uh, Claudia's perspective. And what really jumped out to me is it, uh, it gives you very easily relatable uh, criteria, if you will. So the, the concept of mm. there's no one right approach and experts are going to disagree. Sounds like you got a bunch of agile coaches in a room. Um, <laughs> versus there's an approach we can all see and agree on. So the, those, those hints or those criteria for which um, quadrant to land an option in did really just cut, like Claudia said, that kind of cuts through the confusion and gives you something very easy and clear to focus on and, and use as a guidepost. Yeah, I would, I would agree wholeheartedly. The fact that, and like Claudia said, when you work through this exercise with people, they, there's some epiphanies that come out, right? There's some insights yeah. that just, it's the simple act of putting a, a, you know, we use Miro, but so putting a post-it on a board creates some insight. And to your point, Mike, about a bunch of coaches in a room, um, while a group of geese is a gaggle, and a group of turkeys is a rafter. Do you know what you call a group of coaches, agile coaches? Oh, an gosh, argument. It's an argument. <laughs> <laughs> Trademark J Horse Cow 2021. All right. So the next exercise we did, uh, which was this is the one that really like blew my mind, right? This was option relationship mapping which is again, uh, Mr. Burroughs does a great job of hiding the, the theory behind the application. It's Wardley mapping, right? I have read multiple books on Wardley mapping. I follow Simon Wardley. I, I didn't understand in a practical way how to do it. And yet this, this exercise made it just totally, <laughs> I did the Ben Young, my head just exploded. Uh, Mike, what were your thoughts on this? Uh, be totally candid. I was kind of lost at the start of this. So I just, I, I trusted the process. I trusted my teammates. Claudia was one of my awesome teammates. And um, and I just, I believe that Mr. Burroughs kind of has a few things figured out. So I was like, all right, let me go with it. So I just kind of disengaged my um, tendency to kind of jump forward and see mm -hmm. where it's going and just kind of went with the process. And after we got through this, I look back and I was like, oh, I see now. <laughs> so just, yeah, you're kind of trusting the process. Um, but that, that took some um, intestinal fortitude because that's, right. I, I tend to want to understand how the whole thing fits together before I start. Um, but uh, 
So I, I was a bit wrong-footed for, for most of it. And then as it came together, I was like, oh, I see. And then um, the uh, as we were doing the debrief from this activity, um, the one of one of the classmates um, had a fantastic comment. I can't remember the exact words, but it's basically something to the effect of, um, I everybody tried to explain wordly mapping to me, and I couldn't figure it out. Now this explained it, and it, all of a sudden it makes sense. Or yeah, yeah. Matt said that he said something like, I, "I've listened to Simon speak a bunch of times, and I never got it. Now I get it." which is, yeah. it's really powerful. Again, uh, here we go with the, the Mr. Burroughs great model collider, right? Yeah. <laughs> He's just throwing it all together. What did you think, Claudia? I am on the same page as Mike. I was kind of hoping Mike would help guide me through that because I was lost. Um, so we've got the Miro board on one hand and we've got kind of the detailed instructions on another sheet. And I was just thinking, okay, I'm gonna go through it step-by-step, step, which is exactly what I needed to do. Because if you would have told me what the outcome or the final result would have been, I would have been even more lost. So I thought, okay, just go with the flow step-by-step step, and it somewhat made more sense. <laughs> I don't know um, for this one how applicable it would be for me, but I think just going through the exercise and having that reference to look back to is going to be helpful in the future because maybe at some point my brain will wrap around this concept a little better. I I can I, I see that. And we, you know, we told Mike at the end, Mr. Bros, the end of the course that, you know, we could probably benefit by an extra 30 minutes, you know, maybe an extra full hour just to give it time to, to sink in. Cause it is a lot, again, it's a lot of praxis coming at you fairly quickly. Um, for me, uh, not only did it explain worldly mapping completely beautifully, the idea of laying all of your your ideas, all your your objectives out on on a on a even line, and then having polar opposites at each end. So one's the most ambiguous, and the other is the least ambiguous, and then moving them regarding how close they are to the actual customer. I thought that was absolutely amazing because then you're you're not only building the worldly map, but you're also prioritizing right? Because how many of us have been working with teams where they're, they're back-end process by trade, right? Or their service layer by trade. And they really just kind of want to do the things that make sense to them, right? Like, oh, I can touch this. I can touch this. I can touch that. We're adding that visibility of the fact that a customer is actually going to see this. It's way more impactful to the customer than it would be, you know, for me just updating a bunch of jQueries on the backend. Um, I thought that was really kind of wild because that gives you an argument, especially when you do this, um, with a group of people, you can then turn around and say, look, here is the actual layout. Here's what we know the customer will see versus the customer won't see. And then use that to help prioritize. I thought that was pretty cool. Really kind of cool. Jay, you just re-explained to me exactly what we did. So now it's coming back to me. <laughs> uh, Mr. Burroughs, I am available to teach this course. Uh, we can work out the hourly rate, just contact me. Uh, but no, I thought it was I thought it was really kind of neat because once we did all that mapping, right? And then you do all the arrows that tie things together. And then you overlay the typical Wardley map L with the columns. It just made as, as we applied the layers, it's like, you know, those old flip books as a kid where you, you know, there's see-through transparencies, man, I'm dating myself yeah. here. And you start with the picture. And as you add the layers, the picture kind of grows and gets more filled in. That's how I kind of viewed this exercise. As we did more steps and all the layers started to pile up, it made better sense. 
there, there's a, a, a footnote, if you will, to this, uh, this activity that uh, reads, outcomes don't form value chains. And that, to me, that was, that was kind of, it took me, sent me back for a second to really think about it. But then I was like, oh yeah, okay, see that makes sense. Because <clears throat> you know, it's not, it, the, the, it's the uh, combination of the various outcomes mm -hmm. and in the right context at the right time that um, really creates the value. And uh, it was a, you know, as ever a practical reminder, you know, kind of don't get too attached to the, um, to, to the bright, shiny object, you know, keep the, right. keep the customer's perspective in mind. So that was, yeah, <clears throat> kind of keeping that customer outside in perspective, you know, this is infused throughout the whole thing. Right. And That's actually one of the notes that I had too, if there's no impact, why would we treat, why would we prioritize? <laughs> exactly, right? Who's gonna it use just, this? It's so logical, uh, but when you're in the midst of it, you're not really, sometimes you forget to take a step back. Right, right. It's, it's yeah, but there's, again, this is, and I'm not trying to toot his horn, but this is where I'm really impressed by some of Mr. Burroughs' work is there's a lot of brilliance just kind of just thrown in there, like not not haphazardly. It just it just happens by natural way of him explaining what he's thinking. And you kind of step back with this bullet and you're like, huh, well, well, shit, I was doing that wrong. Or wow, that's something I never even thought about, but just the way he phrases it. And same thing when we read right to left, right? It was, there was so much in there. I, I killed two highlighters trying to, I should have just highlighted the whole book and been done with it. Um, the next exercise, which is the last exercise in our class, again, it was a fairly short window, uh, was pathway mapping. So this one is the one where I kind of got a little, I could have used a little bit extra time to get my head wrapped around it. But it, the way I understood it was it's kind of like doing a, a user story map where you start with, um, there's predetermined columns, which is refine, improve, manage, balance, address, and pursue. And then you kind of slot your, your strategies, your ideas into those columns, which kind of builds you a, a pathway. Did, did you both get the same kind of takeaway? I'm going to start with you, Mike. What was your, what was your takeaway on this one? Um, my, my takeaway on this one was, first of all, it, yeah, it, it was getting towards the end of the class, the time and it, it felt kind of rushed. Um, and what this really spoke to me was um, this was a way to really get clear on what that um, outcome or that uh, idea or initiative is going to do for you. So it, it kind of helps, helps get a, a real um, lucid grip on why you would want to do this and where it fits into the, the whole life cycle, which then, you know, kind of to your point, uh, Jay, again, it helps you figure out how they all relate to each other. Mm. What'd you think, Claudia? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I agree with both of you. This is the one that we kind of um, had to squeeze in at the end. And I think it would have been the one to have made the most sense because this is where you're actually deciding, okay, what are we ready to work with? What is concrete enough? What can we actually um, start delivering or start getting out there yeah and the um the the um kind of the um thought 
provoker that well, was used in this exercise is when you're um, sequencing things is or, or prioritizing things is this before that. Mm -hmm. So, you know, would I not to say this is more important or not, but would I do this one before that one or not? And it just um, gave me another um, a different way of thinking about um, prioritization and, and sequence. Right. Right. And then the, the whole idea of <clears throat> having things above the line, right. Thematically right, yeah. above the line, right. That's, that's, the, that's what we do in user story mapping. And that, again, it just, it's, you keep chipping away at what you're planning to the point where you end up with a, with a pretty good homogenized plan that everybody gets. Okay. Well, the least ambiguous stuff is kind of over here, but this is the stuff that we really kind of get. And this is what we really want to do. Yeah. So there's always that, uh, there are multiple dimensions to what we're, we're working with in each of these, um, maps there were multiple dimensions so in this one we've got is it concrete enough is it so is it above the line or not um what step or where do we attack first so there's always um kind of that multiple ways of looking at it of prioritizing your ideas of of figuring out what is actionable or not so let me, I'm going to ask this question, Claudia, I'm going to start with you. So if you had to suggest this course to someone, who would you suggest it to? Whom would you suggest it to? Is there a particular role, someone who has a particular job function that you think would really get some mileage out of this? I think you need to be somewhat initiated. Um, even though I feel Mike does a really good job of walking you through it. I mean, I've heard of Wardley mapping. I've never read about it. Um, I've looked into Kinevin, I've read a bunch, of, a bunch of articles on it, but you need to be somewhat initiated, actually fully comprehend what's going mm. on, even though he does really clearly explain this, because I, I think I was probably the dumbest person in the room. I mean, everybody else there seemed to know all of this already, um, but it's real practice. So I would say anyone that's going to be working with um, either product teams or agile teams or management teams, um, this, it's concrete work, it's concrete practice to actually get from the initial idea of strategy, of a product, of whatever it is that we're trying to start and work, work our way through it so that we have something that's actually actionable. I agree, I agree. Mike, who would you suggest here? Um, is he, um, are you living? Are you breathing? Do you deal with complexity? <laughs> um, that are you, do you deal with complexity is, is really kind of where the point there it, to be, um, a little more concrete, uh, people who, uh, spend their time in the product space, I think would get a lot out of this. And I think you could also take these, the same, uh, models and the same approach and apply it in any place where you are dealing with a bevy of options and the path forward is not clear. You could apply this, you know, you could take it to um, you know, like, you know, uh, an NGO that's trying to figure out how to best apply a grant. Um, you could, and, and really any place where you, you need to discern the most valuable path forward um so i would agree i would say anyone who's in the strategy side <clears throat> anyone who has just a bevy of 
options in front of them where they're not really sure which one should I do first, which ones are viable, which ones, which way should I go? <clears throat> These three quick exercises done in fairly short order could probably give a lot of transparency into um, what are my best choices? What are my best odds for success? What, what, are the, what are the ones that I should probably pick off first because I know I'll get the most uh, mileage out of them? Jay, just to be a bit of a, um, a snark for a second, could this replace way the shortest job first? Um, yeah, you know what? You know, you're trying to be funny, but I definitely think there is, there are more, there's more than one way to do uh, prioritization. And I definitely think this could, right? Because what are the two things you're looking at? The three things you're looking at, you're looking at complexity, right? Which does tie in the mischief, right? Um, you're looking at which ones are most visible to the customer, which ties to business value, transparency, and need. And you're lastly, you're looking at, okay, so where do these fit in our grander scheme of things? Are we trying to improve service experience or are we really trying to balance demand and capability, right? So it is, it is, a, it is like a quasi-prioritization exercise, but under a different name. And again, yeah. it takes the math out of it. Because trying to agree, you know, the three of us trying to admit, agree to the, the business value of this podcast, right, would be an interesting conversation. And yet we try to replace conversational problems with math problems with mischief. And it's... Yeah, yeah. I might add a column for um, uh, duration or for size, some way to you know, slightly tip, the, put my finger on the scale for the uh, things that will get through the um, process a little bit faster. But, true, uh, but true, yeah. true. So um, I'm going to wrap us up. Before I wrap us up, um, final thoughts, Mike. Was this course worthwhile? Any other final thoughts? Um, was it was it worthwhile? Absolutely. Yeah, ten out of ten. Uh, and would I do it? Would I do it again? Or recommend it to somebody else? Uh, absolutely. I think you know, kind of uh, summarizing. Uh, thread that's been through this discussion is that the uh, the work that Mr. Burroughs has put forward into the community is um, focused and practical and this is you know an example of it and um, also want to echo uh, Claudia's perspective that you'll get more out of it if you can spend a little bit of time kind of getting uh, you're, you're familiar with the the, the world a bit the, the world that of um, uh, uh, gender shift a little bit, but um, also um, you know, the uh, the bang for the buck is, uh, is is substantial. I mean, you know, for the for the money that it costs, the impact and the the value is is definitely definitely there. Claudia, yeah, I I would definitely agree with Mike. I mean, it's really good value for money. Um, I wish it could have been a little bit longer, but we were just having such a good time that it went by so fast and <laughs> didn't get around to, you know, spending as much time as we would have liked on those last couple of exercises. But the fact that you know how you would go about this exercise, that you experience it, um, so not as a facilitator, but as a participant, you know the value, you know the conversations that'll come out of it, you know the value that'll come out of it, and you know um, as a participant and in, in this workshop, you know how you could actually do that in a remote setting. Like we could literally take the documents that he gave us and we could use it tomorrow. 
it's applicable straight away. That for me just is the best part of it. Right. How do you put a how do you put a price on <clears throat> how do you put a price tag on applicability? The fact that you well, can port don't, this. Don't tell them that because he might yeah. up the prices. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, like you said, for for the cost, because again, my uh, I think Mr. Burroughs makes these fairly inexpensive, right? I think these are um, great courses for the amount you spend and the amount you walk out with. And the time commitment, I think it's, I think it's brilliant. And, and uh, for those listeners, one of the things that Mr. Burroughs asked at the end of the class was, you know, he always asks for feedback, which is great. He's one of the rare instructors who as, 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 as pointed as he is with the material, he always makes sure to take some time at the end to do a quasi retrospective and everyone in the class, I mean, there was like, a, what was there? A dozen of us, 16 of us, everyone agreed. We should get another half hour at least, if not an hour. Right. And, and and Mr. Burroughs said, "Yeah, okay. Well, that makes total sense going forward. I am going to add that padded time to give you all more to digest." And again, he's the fact that he's responsive to that kind of feedback and actively looks for it is pretty wild too. Because most classes, you walk in, they lecture at you. Here's the link to your exam. Go get your cert and go. Um, it's a very interactive conversation. And you know, truth be told, you know, we could reach out to Mike right now. We probably could have conference them in and he would have just hopped on and recorded with us which is which is pretty great but i will i will echo what both of you said i definitely think it's a worthwhile um way to spend not only your money and your time but to walk away with some again seriously applicable uh patterns that you can apply to your work life that you will get mileage out of instantaneously just again swiveling from your your home machine to your work machine and starting to use this i definitely think there's some benefit there so We've just about reached about time. Uh, I want to thank both Claudia and Mike for coming on today in our, one of our rare daytime recordings. It's kind of weird to do one of these when the sunlight is actually out. Uh, I want to uh, thank all of you listeners again for tuning in. If you're enjoying the conversation, we do have a Discord platform, which is quite vigorous right now. There's a lot of active conversation going on. We actually have some, um, we're in the kitchen cooking up some new ideas and some new things. So you might want to, if you want to get in on the ground floor and really contribute to what we're growing here, uh, you are more than welcome to hop in. Uh, this is the first time joining it, tuning in. Why not subscribe to our podcast? If you like what you heard, please leave us a review, a rating on your podcast platform of choice because it does help others find us. Uh, one, lastly, I want to give a, a shout out to Machine Man Records and their artist Krebs who provides our outro music. Uh, they were great. I was reached out blindly. They sent over some music, which is great. And now YouTube doesn't whack us for um, copyright infringement, which is fantastic. So thanks again uh, to Chris over at Machine Man. And lastly, we are committed to always being free. However, there will be a link to our Patreon in the show notes. Um, if you like what you heard and you want to contribute to offset some hosting and production costs, you're more than welcome to. You will probably get a surprise in the mail from me. So once again, on behalf of Mike Cloudy and myself, uh, this is the Agile Uprising podcast signing out.